You've sealed us with your presence, with your Holy Spirit. You've sealed us. Scripture says we've been sealed. It's like he's marked us. He knows us. We belong to him. Isn't that a good thing? Who can snatch us out of his hand? No one. The old self-will stands sometimes. I pray, Lord Jesus, for loved ones who need to come home to you. I pray for children, grandchildren, uncles, aunts. I pray for people that are struggling in the church and the fellowship across our countries. Wondering if, where has God gone? Why are things happening like they are? Jesus said we wouldn't have it without trouble. He said that in this world you will have trouble. But I have overcome. I'm going to believe God for restoration. I felt God's, I just felt that was the word. For us today is restoration. Oftentimes, through scripture, where God has chastised people or disciplined them, He brings them into a period of restoration, of healing. Sometimes we go through valleys, different stretches of life that just seem wow. Why? You may be seated. You can continue to worship, stand if you'd like, but. Blessings on you. There's just a life is softened. Doesn't seem fair. Life often is un, uncertain, unexplainable. I still remember the day we got the bad news when my my wife's cousin, who was only. I think he was around 30 years old, 33. Suddenly passed away from a reaction to a, an allergic reaction to a mold while he was cleaning in the barn and just choked him right off, just took him. Fortunately, he, he knew the Lord. I don't think I was, I don't, I don't know of any other larger funeral that I was ever attending than his. And it was people out in the parking lot, couldn't get into the church. I don't understand those things, uncertainties. But the scripture says in Deuteronomy, there's a verse 29, chapter 29, I'm not gonna, that's not my text, but this is just some prelude thoughts. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says this, The secret things belong to God, but the things he has revealed to us belong to us. In other words, he's given us enough to go on. And it comes down to these, these, this one little word called faith. God operates by faith. We are to operate by faith with God. 
It's impossible, Hebrews says, it's impossible to please God without faith. And so it's the questions that you and I have. Are, it's okay to have the questions. It's fine. God's saying, maybe sometimes he says, just trust me. Someday you'll understand. Someday I will explain more to you. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We know that we're in a fallen world. We know that the devil is out to kill, to steal, and destroy, and mess up people. God is here to heal us. Jesus came into this wor world to, to heal us. Because I cannot heal myself. I cannot fix my sin problem, but he, he fixes it, takes it away. So I felt led to go to John 14 today. This is just a, one of those classic passages. You often hear this at a memorial service or some setting where there's been a loss. And life is full of losses at times, losses. Our hearts go out to you, Joanne, if you're listening. Your father passed. Thank God that we have the Lord, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Be with your family. Well, Jesus was hinting previous to the 14th chapter about, Mighty time, my time is coming. My time of departure. Now just imagine you as a disciple, you've been with Jesus several couple, three years You've followed him. You've watched him. You've been with him. He's spoken to your life. He's become your best friend. He's become the one, your shepherd. He's the one that you are, are, are going to follow to the end. And now he starts talking about, I'm going to leave. Peter was bold and says these words previous to the chapter 14 verse 36 to 13 Lord said he said where are you going does that to say Lord where are you going I want to go with you Jesus answered where I go you cannot follow me now but you will follow later Peter said to him Lord why can I not follow you right now he was having a hard time with it why can't I go with you right now why can't you tell me how to get there why can't you think take me with you now remember when you're young and you're trying to get to that age where you wanted to get your driver's license why can't I drive now just practice these highlights. Unfortunately, graduation was really messed up last year, or this year, for Anna and others. I just, I just, I'm so proud of uh, Anna and her and her friends and her. And she's just. I I pray the Lord will give you ten more times as much as you ever expected in your in your relationships. It seems like their high school was cut short. 
And now we're in this, still in this distancing thing. We don't understand, but we live in a fallen world. But Jesus has come to heal the brokenness, the disasters, the messes that man has made. And so Peter is bold and he says these words, I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus says this powerful, powerful truth. He asked him the question, will you? Will you? It's like to say, really? And he declares, I say to you, a cock shall not crow until you deny me three times. And this prophecy, this word comes to pass. I don't think it's, it's not to get down on Peter. But the lesson is to me is this, no matter how hard I try in my own strength, in my own flesh, I can't do it. I can't be good enough. I can't stand under pressure. But God, Peter did deny Jesus, but he was sorry for it. And he came, he stuck with it. He, he still, he followed Jesus. He was afraid, of course. He, would, he didn't have the, the help of the Holy Spirit yet. He was trying to get to Jesus. He was not, well, he didn't really want to, he really couldn't do what he wanted to do. But you see a different Peter in the book of Acts after the day of Pentecost. After the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Peter takes his stand in boldness, declaring the things of God. And it was Peter on his way to the temple where that man was laying there for many, many, probably many, many months, probably years, begging for his living. And just so happened Peter on a certain day looks and they lock eyes. You ever been walking through the marketplace and you bump into somebody and, or that you know and you locked eyes, so you've got to say something, right? You've got to acknowledge. And you maybe were not in the mood or you were not ready for it. You just, you better, you know, you locked eyes and that's what happened. The man locked eyes on Peter and Peter said, don't look at us. And he gets right, he's right from the Spirit of God. He says to him, I don't have any silver or gold. I don't have the money you need. But what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. Uh, what, what was better? Had Peter given him a little money to get him by? Oh, Peter, through the grace of God, the power of God, the Holy Spirit, raised this man to health. And so this man now could help himself. This man could be healed and set free and restored to go out and become somebody that he was not before. That's our God. 
That's the God we serve. Yet today, he is in the business of restoring and rebuilding and making over and bringing someone from nothing to becoming something beautiful in the sight of the Lord. And I'm here to just resound to you the words of Jesus. So he knows the disciples are getting a little troubled. You know, there's some rumbling, there's some sad faces, there's some countenances that are worried. You ever, you look and notice, you can kind of, are you one of those persons that tries to read people like me? I, I, I just like to watch people, I, and I'll sometimes, you know, notice, I, I try to look what their countenance is showing, and I'm not, I'm not judging them, I'm just observing them. And so Jesus knows their thoughts, and he says these words, let not your heart be troubled. He speaks right into their hearts. Let not your heart, how many know that you don't have to go very far in this life and you have troubles? Troubles. You don't have to plan on trouble. Trouble just comes. Various stages, various places all kinds of trouble i had a we carrie and i were we were in college and we i had this old oh what's the name of the brand of this this little bugger of a car with uh gremlin gremlin how many have ever saw a gremlin have you ever had a gremlin the worst things ever on ice they're like a box and if you weren't careful, when you accelerated, you went like, woo, woo, woo. It was kind of fun, <laughs> except if you're on the freeway. Well, the thing was worn out when I got it. It had been passed down from my brother to my dad. My dad always took the throwaways, and then he'd get along with it. I took the throwaway of the throwaway. I loaded it up down for college. We were going around down, right down to north, uh, north side Minneapolis. We had, I think we were um, going to our church, but we were involved down in that north side assembly gun, north side AG. It was a new, new church plant. We were helping out. And all of a sudden, the rear window fell right out, fell, just fell right out on the street, you know? So I don't remember how we dealt with it exactly, but I think we might have just kept driving. I, I'm not sure, because it thing was probably in pieces. Gremlins. I don't, do they make them anymore? Probably not. Well, God helped us. I have other stories. I could go on. I'm the first moment. I went down to North Central. I had, a, I had an F, F, F-154 by 4 green mint. I mean, the truck wasn't mint. The color was mint. And uh, one evening I was going somewhere, but I don't remember where. Maybe it was to get a snack or... I'm parked under the parking ramp, and I back up, and I felt this oop. This little oop. Uh-oh. I walk out, and I look, and guess what was parked behind me? A Porsche, a Porsche. How does you pronounce it? Porsche. 
And right there in the window it said, will you buy me? It was for sale. The thing was immaculate. It was beautiful. And I took out the whole rear um, uh, what's blinker system. Not good. It wasn't very long. I don't know how the owner found me. But I, I had intentions to do right with them, but I, I don't remember. I left. I went, did my thing. The first thing the, the young man says is, you better have insurance. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, th I think we got it covered. You know, I think we're okay. You know, you know it was like, like 1,500 or more. In this, this is in the 80s. I was like, okay, watch out. I'm here. I got my green mint Ford. Don't get near my door. You know, it's, it had its moments. We dated in that truck. And last I heard, I sold it. And the guy who bought it from me ended up plowing his field with it. Made it into a tractor. And I don't know how, you know, them straight sixes were the best. They would run and run and run. I don't know why I'm sharing all this stuff. Only to say this, life happens. Series of life. Remember when you just started out a life, you just, you know, nothing can, you're invincible. You could, you could, we built ramps when we were kids. We'd, we'd go over ramps and we'd fly, as, we'd, we'd measure who could jump the farthest. We'd do things like that. Horton, I know you've done some crazy things. We won't go into that. We start out with good intentions. We start out with, we're going to win the world for Jesus. And that's okay. And then Jesus starts talking about leaving. What are you talking about? How can that be? How are we supposed to do the work you called us to if you're going to leave? And Jesus begins to explain himself. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. Some translations say mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. I'm okay without a mansion. I just want to be where the Lord is. He said, I go to prepare a place. You know what? Your place is going to be more than you could ever expect, more than ever you dream. The place that God is preparing for you and I, I have not seen, heard, not heard the things that God has prepared for those who love him. We are, we are, not, we are going to be speechless. But our focus is not on the place, it's on him who dwells in the place. Because when Jesus comes into the, the situation, the situation begins to get better. The situation's bodies respond. People's hearts that are broken begin to, begin to, begin to mend and begin to heal from all kinds of stuff that's gone on to them in this life. And see, there's a lot of troubled people right now, not only in the world, but in the church. Christians 
themselves deal with a lot of trouble. We're not exempt from trial. We're not exempt from, from pain and suffering. We're not exempt from getting hit. We're not exempt from the church uh, going through all kinds of labor pains, all kinds of things. They're trying to get to the next level just as soon as you start out and God says to go for it and then we hit the Red Sea and now what? Now what? But God will have a plan for you. He always has a plan. And we don't know what it is. And we may not know what it is until we get there. We, we say this phrase, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. What are we saying? We're walking by faith and not by sight. There are things in this life that you can try to plan. You can try to say, this is where I'm going. This is what I want to do. But James says it this way, if the Lord wills, the letter of James, if the Lord wills. So if you've got a business, you have something, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to, but if the Lord wills. So what is he saying? God has a will, and what God's will is, and we know what God's will is, is that we love him with all our heart, our soul, and our strength. We know some of the basics of God's will, but what, are, what, are, what about the daily things that sometimes throws a monkey wrench into, we say, with something that we never expected, and then we go, whoa, wait a minute. We never expected this. God is a God of the past, the present, and the future, all at the same time. He's never shaken. He's never taken off guard. It's not that Jesus said, well, it's not that God said, Jesus, you gotta go down now. You gotta fix this thing. You know, I'm sorry I made man, but you know, you're gonna have to, he didn't, that wasn't God's, that's not the scripture. The scripture says before the foundations of the, of the world, we were predestined for all those who believe in Jesus to be saved. In other words, before he ever created anything, he knew God, Jesus was going to come down. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to me. I just can't wrap my mind around that very much because, because of Jesus, we have a hope for our future. And then he says these things as he gets up to verse 4 and and you know the way where I'm going. And Thomas speaks up and says this, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How do we know the way? You would have thought by now, Thomas, you would have caught a few things. You've been talking, we've been talking about the kingdom a long time now. But what Thomas needed for things is to, to drop into his spirit, man, and have this conversion, to have this help of the Holy Spirit. Remember, doubting Thomas, as we know, didn't want to believe it was Jesus when he was resurrected until he touched the side to seen the nail prints in his hand. Not to put down Thomas, it was just that he wanted to know for sure. So he was a seeker. And then Jesus says these words. Jesus said to him, I am the way. Where are you going? I am the way and the truth and the life. 
So I thought, that'll preach. That's three, there's three, there's three points right there. What, what are they? I am the way. You remember in the 70s, guys, when the Bible, the way, came out? Anyone have one? The way, it was called the way. Interesting little, I never had one, but I, I was, what's that all about? I see people walking around. This is stuff in the 70s, just, just way back, way back. Just, isn't it weird to talk about the 70s and you feel like, wow, that's old. They're really old. Did you know that in the book of Acts, there's a couple references to the church or the people who followed Jesus? They were known as, they were from the way. Have you picked up on that? In fact, uh, I'll give you a couple of verses. Acts 9-2. Paul, it says, if, if he found any, in other words, this is before, just before Paul's conversion. Let me read a little. And I just wrote down part of this verse. It says, and if he found any belonging to the way, he was going to destroy him. Jesus said, I am the way. Another one in Acts 19.23. And about that time there were There was no small disturbance concerning the way. So the people that were from the way in early church history, they were messing us up. They had this Jesus. They claimed to be God. And they say he's resurrected. We killed him. We destroyed him, but they tell us that he, he came back to life. And you are messed up, man. It could never happen. And they only had religion. Sadducees were sad, you see. Get it? Get it? The Sadducees didn't believe in resurrection. That was the main difference. The Pharisee did. A Sadducee did not. What a sad way to live. Well, we believe in resurrection because Jesus was resurrected. And so let's believe for the resurrection power. I know that is our hope. We're going to see, Horton, you're going to see your brothers again because of the resurrection. But right now, the daily walk with Jesus, let's believe for resurrection moments resurrectional moments that they things are going all kinds of stuff was going on I, I was I was you know we could say we were we were uh, we were making uh, uh, doing our best and we were like Peter trying to follow Jesus but we were slipping we were we were at, when it really came down to it we just couldn't serve him like we should and Jesus said I'm gonna go away I'm gonna leave you guys my day is almost here. My day. See, it was not easy for Jesus. We say, well, he was God. No, he was God. Yes, he was God, but he was also man. 
He anguished. Jesus had anxiety broken over this cross that he had to face. Think about it. He wrestled with the man, the spirit, the, the physical part of him. You know what makes Jesus so wonderful is that he understands your pain. He cares about you. He says, I will, I will send a helper. I will send the Holy Spirit. He will fill you and dwell you, power you, give you the power to stand up against the enemy. Speak the word of God. It's boldness. They hand on the sick with faith. Rebuke the enemy. It tries to enter your home. It tries to get into your mind. Take Jesus' name. Said, I am in my said Jesus. Make me in what I ought to be. Help me to think your thoughts. Faith cometh by hearing Romans 10, 17. I believe that if you want to have life that Jesus talked about, that abundant life, it's his daily walk with him. I believe that we can literally take verses of Scripture and speak them in our minds, speak them over our bodies and our, our, our whole being, speak them over your, your family, speak them over your children, your grandchildren, speak them over, over the church people speak to speak it speak it speak it what, what what do you mean well for example my brother come down with you know tested positive i, I just begin you know jesus you're the healer bring healing i speak healing i speak life i speak life now notice what i'm saying i say i but what I'm using is the authority Jesus has given us. The fact of the matter, if you read further into the chapter 14, verse 14, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And we were saying, that's not to say, well, I would just want to, I want this horse car over here, Lord. No. No, not, not, that's not what he's talking about. And the, the whole posture in the name of Jesus is a dependence. It's realizing there's no hope other than the name of Jesus. There's no hope of your loved ones coming back to him other than the name of Jesus. So that's why we speak in the name of Jesus, not in my not in my power, but in his authority. And it's time we just take back that, take it back. What the enemy tried to steal from us is you know, lie to us and say that whatever you're doing is doing no good, so just stop it. Just no, no, no. He's afraid. The enemy's afraid of people who who pray and they believe what they're praying. 
And they see it by faith. And that's why Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says to this man, Silver and gold I do not have, but of what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene. Walk, that's Acts 3, 6. Galatians 5, 16, but I say walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Or you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. You know that the spirit and the flesh are in opposition. Every day we have to say, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the lust of the flesh. That's what the abundant life is. That's living above the world, living above. What people without Christ are walking around with no hope. No hope. No hope. Well, we should be able to walk into the marketplaces looking for people. What's great about living this Christian life, we can pray for people and they don't even know it. You can be praying for the cashier behind the desk who's having a hard day. You can pray for the, the, when we used to be able to go to the restaurants, you know, we can pray for the waitress. We can give them a better tip if they're having a bad day. We can make a statement. This gets fun. So fun to bless people. Just fun. That's abundant life. It's being able to give something. Someone's hurting, someone's in need to give them something as the Spirit directs you. I want to end it. Jesus is coming again. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go prepare a place for you, I will come again. In other words, why would Jesus bother preparing a place for us if he never brought us to it? Jesus is coming again. So whenever that is, we're ready. But there are people who are not ready. So our job and our calling is to love people, build bridges, invite them in, be a friend, be a listener. The simplest, smallest things. I mentioned it last Sunday, maybe it was the one before. Putting a cart back from the, you know, marketplace. Putting a simple things. So as I was at Menards this week, I had, I had what I said in my mind. I didn't want to do it. I didn't, my flesh didn't want to do it. But it's like the Lord said, you got to practice what you preach, man. No, I drugged the cart. <laughs> you know. It's, it's stuff like that. Mm. Need I go on? Who is watching you? Think about it. Who is watching you? And who are you and I targeting in our prayer life?
targeting. What do you mean by that? Well, putting them on your list, lifting up their names to Jesus. Wow, what a ministry. Yeah. We go back to that song. Holy, holy. Whatever you'd want to lead, Anna. Thank you, Anna. What could bring us back for a moment? To love on love on Jesus. Just love on him. Let him love on you.